Welcome to Be Set Free, the radio outreach of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Be Set Free features the teaching ministry of Pastor Nick Cady. Pastor Nick's desire is to bring the gospel into our lives so we can experience the joy and freedom that can only be found through Jesus. Today's message comes from our series, Grace and Truth, a study of the book 1 Corinthians. Here's Pastor Nick. Please open again in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. That's where we're studying this morning. We're picking up today in a series that we started last year and did all the way up until around Christmas time. Then we took a break. And so today we're picking up in that series called Grace and Truth, which is our series studying through the book of 1 Corinthians, going through it chapter by chapter and verse by verse. So today we're picking up where we left off last time in verse or chapter 14, verse 26. So please bow your heads with me and let's pray as we open open God's word. Lord, thank you for your love and grace towards us. And one of the ways, Lord, you manifest your love and grace towards us is by speaking to us through your word and by your spirit. So Lord, this morning, give us ears to hear and hearts to receive all that you have for us in this passage. Help us to understand it clearly and help us to respond appropriately. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So when I was living and pastoring in Hungary, uh, one time I took a trip back to the United States to visit friends and family uh, for a couple weeks. And then I returned to Hungary. And when I returned, one of my friends from church came up and he greeted me and welcomed me back. You know, he said, welcome back. And then he took a step back, as people do, and he looked at me like up and down. And he said, you know, there's something different about you, but I can't figure out what it is. And then after a minute, he said, oh, I know what it is. You're fat. And I said, oh, okay. And he's like, no, 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 really. You gained a lot of weight. You really just packed it on. Like, that's what's different about you. That's what it is, right? Now, how many of you have ever received feedback that you didn't really ask for, and it wasn't exactly helpful or encouraging? It reminds me of a person I met uh, one time, and they were like, we were talking, and then they said, hey, wait a second aren't you on the radio? And I said, I am on the radio. And they said, oh, yeah. Wow, I listen to you all the time. Your sermons are, eh, they're okay. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, I wasn't actually asking for feedback on my sermons, but thanks, I guess. What is that? I like the response I heard from one pastor. Uh, someone came up to him after service, as people tend to do. This person said, you know, I didn't really like worship today. I didn't enjoy those songs that you sang. And the pastor replied, he said, you know what? That's okay, because we weren't actually singing them to you. I don't know if you realize that. Like, um, we, we were singing them to God and worshiping him, and we were actually trying to please him with those songs, not you, so that's okay that you didn't like them. Uh, you know, for many of us, this highlights the fact that from time to time, we need a reorientation when it comes to the way that we think about worship and the way that we think about church. And here's why. We live in a consumer-driven society, don't we? It's a consumer-driven society. Now, that can be a really great thing when it comes to economics and the free market, but it can be a really bad thing when it comes to relationships and particularly how we relate to God. Now, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we have a text which helps us reorient the way we think about worship and the way we think about church. Rather than just being spiritual consumers 
who are only obsessed with what we receive or what we get out of this or what we get out of that or what other people need to do for us. Instead, what the Bible tells us is that the church is a body. And in a body, every member matters and every member has a role to play and a contribution to make to the whole. And as we reorient ourselves around this biblical view of worship and the church, here's what you'll find. As you begin to focus on serving others rather than yourself, it will reorient your heart more and more towards Jesus. So the title of today's message is Reorienting Worship. And what we're going to see in this passage is that rather than just being another consumerist activity, the essence of true worship is surrender to God, which orients our hearts to be like Jesus and build up others in love. Now, every week I give you a summary sentence, kind of a takeaway truth that I'd love for you to write down. Maybe if it's too long, take a photo of it, whatever you got to do to get it in your notes and into your brain so that this week as we leave here, you have this thought going through your mind about this passage we studied today. So here's what it is, and then we're going to use that as our outline. So let's look at that whole sentence one more time. Rather than just being another consumerist activity, the essence of true worship is surrender to God, which reorients our hearts to be like Jesus and build up others in love. All right, let's take that sentence and break it down, use it as our outline for studying this passage. So the first part, rather than being just another consumerist activity. You know, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26, it says this, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. The Corinthian Christians had a tendency to be self-focused and self-interested. Throughout this letter, we've seen how in many areas of their lives, they were concerned with doing what made themselves feel good without any thought or concern about how their actions might affect other people. But what Paul's been helping them and us to understand is that as followers of Jesus, we have a higher calling than just living for ourselves. Through Jesus, we have a new orientation towards God, which in turn gives us a new orientation towards the world and towards other people. Rather than just living for ourselves, now we live for him who gave his life for us, for Jesus. And following Jesus and living for Jesus means taking on his mission and becoming ambassadors of God's love and grace in the world and to people in the world. Jesus, rather than just living for himself, he surrendered his life to the will of the Father, and he laid down his life for us. Jesus taught us that it's more blessed to give than to receive, and he came to us in the form of a servant, and he taught us that true greatness is not found in being served, but in pouring your life out for the sake of others. That's what it means to follow Jesus, is to walk in those footsteps, to take on that ethos, to take on that mission. And you got to see that those ideas are so incredibly countercultural, aren't they? And they're not just countercultural, they actually run contrary to our very human nature. But even though this tendency to be self-focused and self-absorbed, even though it's nothing new, even though it's inherent to our human nature, 
The fact is that you and I currently, right now, where we live, we live in the most individualistic, self-centered, consumeristic society that has ever existed up until now in the history of the world. And here's the irony. Even though we live in this culture which places such an emphasis and so much encouragement on seeking your own pleasure, right? Treat yourself. Do whatever's good for you. Put yourself first above all, above all other things. The irony is that this endeavor to put ourselves first and seek our own pleasure above all else, it hasn't actually made us happier. You know that in Western society, Western society where consumerism and individualism are most prevalent. Do you realize that in Western society, we have the highest rates of depression and anxiety and loneliness than anywhere else in the world? In other words, our culture has fed us this lie that the key to being happy is to prioritize yourself, focus on yourself, rather than just leading to greater happiness, though, this focus on ourselves has actually led to just the opposite. And that really shouldn't come as too much of a surprise to us because Jesus himself told us that this would be so. Jesus told us this. He said, if you try to hold on to your life and live for yourself, you will lose it. It will slip between your fingers like sand. But if you give your life for a greater purpose, for the higher calling of Jesus and the gospel, that is where you will find true, lasting, fulfilling life. Now, many of the Christians in Corinth, just like many people today, they had a consumeristic mentality when it came to how they viewed and how they related to church and to worship. Specifically in Corinth, many people saw church gatherings as an opportunity for self-expression, right? To do whatever felt good to them without any concern for how it might affect other people. So they saw church services as an opportunity for self-expression that would make themselves feel good. And as a result, it was chaotic. What we read in these verses described for us is something like this, right? Like people were just talking over the top of each other, interrupting one another. People would hijack the service and dominate the conversation. There was a spirit of rivalry and competition amongst the people. They were all trying to show that they were smarter than each other or more spiritual than the other. It was chaotic, and it wasn't really helping anybody to grow. Not to mention, Paul says earlier here in chapter 14, he says, if an outsider were to walk into one of your services, they would think that you were all crazy, like they would run away from you because you're acting like this. He says, so in other words, not only are your gatherings not helping anybody to grow in Christ, they're also not helping any outsiders to come to Christ. And at the root of all of this was selfishness. It was an attitude that says, I'm coming here to get what I can get out of this, right? I'm coming here to have my needs met rather than an attitude that says, I'm coming here as part of a body to contribute and serve and help others. In other words, they had turned worship, they had turned church into just another consumerist activity. And of course, we would be amiss to think that we don't have that same tendency within ourselves. Right? We, we have the same tendency in ourselves, of course, except here's the thing. Our consumerism tends to take on a slightly different form than theirs did. Right? Their consumerism was, was all about self-expression, whereas our consumerism tends to be more about passive consumption, just like we do with so many other forms of media, right? This is just one more form of media that we passively consume. 
You've been listening to a message by Pastor Nick Cady of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We'll get back to the remainder of this message in a moment. We are open for in-person worship on Sunday mornings with services at 8, 9.30, and 11 a.m. Come grow with us on Sunday mornings, online or in person at 8, 9.30, and 11 a.m. Now, back to Pastor Nick with the remainder of today's message. So what we read here in verse 26, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. For the Corinthians and for us, the message is the same. When you come to worship, don't be focused on yourself, but come with a heart to build and serve others. Now you see, the Corinthians, they were good at the first part, right? Like Paul isn't actually telling them you should bring a song, a lesson, etc. He's saying to them, you're already doing this, right? This is what you do. Uh, you're already bringing those things. So they were good at that. When they gathered, they all came prepared with something to share. But what they, what they weren't good at, right, was thinking about other people. They were doing it in a very self-indulgent way. Like, I'm going to show everybody how smart I am, or I'm going to show everybody how good I can sing, or how spiritual I am, and they'll all be impressed with me. They weren't seeking to serve. They were seeking to show off. And Paul says, no, man, that's so... So cringy, so carnal. Like, take your focus off yourself and focus instead on how you can serve and help others to grow. Now, for us, though, it tends to be not that, that tends to not be the area where we excel and the area where we struggle. We tend to be on the opposite end of the spectrum. But it's still a form of consumerism, right? Because in our more passive form of consumerism, um, we do really well what Paul says down in verse 40. So just glance down to the end of the chapter and notice in verse 40, Paul tells the Corinthians that instead of their chaotic gatherings, instead they should do all things decently and in order. Now we tend to be really good at that, right? Doing things decently and in order. But where we struggle in our particular form of consumerism is in the idea that every person is called to come to church prepared to contribute and to give and to share and to build up others. In other words, we need to ask the question, what is the church? The church is not an audience that passively receives. The church is a body. And worship is not a passive activity that we observe. As a body, we are called to be actively engaged in worship. It's something that we're actively engaged in. Now, a few weeks ago, in our vision series, we studied Ephesians chapter 4, where it tells us God's vision for the church. And it says there that the purpose of the church is this, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So what is the church? The church is a classroom where we come to study. It's the gym where we train and prepare. It's the home base where we gather up together to receive our directives and be equipped to carry out the callings God has placed on our lives. But check this out. The goal of it all, of everything we do, is this, to build up the body of Christ. And when that happens, when the body of Christ is functioning properly, it says this in Ephesians 4.16. Here's what happens. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So when the body is healthy, each part is playing its unique role, and the body is building itself up in love. Now, how does that work 
practically. What does that look like practically? Well, it tells us here, again, going back to 1 Corinthians 14, 26, when you gather together, come prepared not only to receive a blessing, but come prepared to be a blessing, right? To bless somebody else. Now, something you need to understand about the early church gatherings is this. Uh, you know, all of us, when we read these passages about these early churches, as we read about the Corinthian church, I'm sure that every one of you has in your mind an image of what those gatherings might have been like. But let me just help you so that you have a more accurate image in your mind of what those early church gatherings were like. Um, first of all, these were small group gatherings of 10 to 20 people max. And there's a reason for this. The, the reason is because in the Roman Empire, Christianity was what was called religia illicitas, which literally just means it was an illicit religion. And that means that it, it did not have legal status or legal recognition by the government, which meant that local churches were not entities, right, legally. They had no legal protection, and they had no legal rights. And as an illicit religion, understand, Christianity could not build buildings. They couldn't own properties. And so by necessity, Christianity was forced to function as an underground religion. And this is why, for the first 250 years of Christianity, Christian churches met in homes. Now, they didn't meet in homes because they thought that that was inherently better than meeting in large church buildings. They did it purely out of necessity because, by law, they couldn't hold properties. They couldn't build properties. They couldn't hold large public gatherings or own buildings. And this is why... Interestingly, the oldest Christian churches in the world, church buildings in the world, are actually found in India and in Central Asia. Because as Christianity spread into those regions, beyond the borders of the Roman Empire, in those places, they actually had more freedom. And they had the freedom to build church buildings and allow for larger groups of people to gather to worship. It wasn't until the Edict of Toleration was issued in the Roman Empire, which was in 314 AD. The Edict of Toleration was issued in the Roman Empire that Christianity became not the official religion of the Roman Empire. It became a legally recognized religion in the Roman Empire. And that allowed Christians, for the first time in that space, to build church buildings and hold larger gatherings. And so then when that happened... They moved away from gathering in homes, and they began building church buildings. But here's the point. Here's why I tell you that. When you picture in your mind what these gatherings might have been like in the, the early church, right, in the Corinthian church that Paul's writing to, do not picture in your mind something like what we're having right now. It wasn't like a couple hundred people gathered in a room with chairs all facing the same direction and a stage up in the front. These were small gatherings of 10 to 20 people that took place in homes all over a city, like the city of Corinth. Now, of course, there were many more than just 10 to 20 Christians in the entire city. But in each gathering, it was basically, how many people can we fit in the house? And they would have these gatherings in various homes all over the, Roman, or all over the city of Corinth, much more similar to what we would call community groups. Now, there were times when, like in Ephesus, we read in the book of Acts, chapter 18, that in Ephesus, Paul was there, and he was able to rent out a large meeting hall 
And in that meeting hall, he would hold gatherings where he would teach the Bible. And that would have been much more similar to what we do on Sunday mornings. And, and by the way, as soon as Christians could have gatherings like this, they did. But I just want you to think about this. If everybody were to come up here on stage on a Sunday morning, like all of you here were to come and, you know, you all prepared with a song or something to share, and you, we all took turns coming up here one at a time, right? Everybody gets a couple minutes on stage to talk and to share. Guys, we would be here all day and like through the night, and there's some of you, like, we couldn't drag you on stage, right? You have so much a fear of standing in front of people and talking in groups. We couldn't drag you up here to save our lives. But what's maybe worse is that there are some others of you, once we got you up here, we'd literally have to drag you off because you wouldn't stop, right? Now, listen, I have been in church services like this, in, especially like in Europe, for example, where, you know, it's kind of this collaborative thing. Everybody brings something. You never know who's going to show up with what. And I'll just say, they go on for a really long time. And the quality is usually pretty hit and miss, right? Like, like what you, you know, it's not always very edifying just because people are doing things, right? Like Jim over here, he wants to play Amazing Grace on his harmonica. And then we've got this other guy and he wants to share a, a, a word from the Bible, like his opinion on this Bible verse. But then it turns out to be super weird and also heretical. And you have to like come up and apologize and like correct everything. I'm just saying like I've been in these gatherings and they're not always edifying. And I like what Charles Spurgeon said. He tells a story about a friend of his who went to a Bible study like this. And his friend said, oh, it was great. Nobody knew anything. And we all taught each other, right? <laughs> Very nice. You know, there's a reason why it says in Ephesians chapter 4 that God has given some to be teachers in the church, right? There's a reason why Paul instructs Timothy, a young pastor, to train himself in rightly dividing the word and accurately and, and correctly dividing the word, right? That's why Paul here in this chapter, he says, there needs to be order in your church services in order for people to grow. If there's chaos then people aren't going to actually benefit from it. And yet, we also do need to see and receive what it says here in verse 26 of chapter 14, which is this important principle that there need to be opportunities for every member of the church to contribute in some way to the building up of the body of Christ. And that's why, friends, you understand, what we do here on Sunday morning, what we're doing right now, this is good but it's not the only thing we do as a church. This isn't the only way that we make disciples and build up the body of Christ. This is one thing we do. It's not the only thing we do. This is why we encourage you, and I, I hope you've felt it and heard it because you're going to hear it some more. We beat this drum over and over and over. Join a group and join a team. Join a group and join a team. That's what we want you to do so that you can grow as a Christian and so that you can contribute to the growth of others in the body. So join a community group. You can do it today. Join a men's and women's fellowship. They're starting up right now. In those small group settings, everybody has the opportunity to discuss, to share, to teach, to encourage, to use their gifts to build up others. Those are the settings where you can bring a song. You can bring something to share, right? Our Bible Learning Center classes, they're interactive. Join one of those. Join one of our service teams. There are many areas where you can serve and use your gifts to build up others and further the work of the ministry. And I would encourage you, 
When you come to church, I encourage you to come with this mindset that says, I'm going there today on a mission. And my mission is not only to be blessed, my mission is to be a blessing. And I'm not going to leave that building today until I've been a blessing to somebody else whether they like it or not, right? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a blessing, right? If you, if you come with that attitude, you know what will happen? You know, you'll, you'll start showing up a few minutes early for church, right? Looking around, God, where, where's there an opportunity for me to serve and be a blessing today? You're going to stay after church for a few minutes as well, right? Because those first five minutes before service, the 15 minutes after, those times when you go to your community group, you're no longer just going to show up. You're going to go there with a purpose, with a mission, right? Those will become rich times of ministry. What if after church, as you're talking to somebody and you're you're hearing from them about what's going on in their life rather than just saying, okay, bye, right? Like, what if instead you took a minute and you said, you know what? Let's pray together about that thing. Let's pray together right now about that thing. What if you opened up your Bible and said, hey, let me encourage you. This is what God's word has to say, and I hope that it encourages your heart. Friends, if you do that, it will transform your relationships. It will change your life. And you know what? God will hear those prayers. You've been listening to Be Set Free, the radio outreach of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We have three in-person services on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11 a.m. And our 9.30 and 11 services are live streamed on our website for those who would like to worship with us online. We are located just east of County Line Road and Highway 119 at 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont. For more information or to hear other messages from Pastor Nick, visit us online at whitefieldschurch.com. Be Set Free is a listener-supported program. If you have been blessed by this message and would like to support this ministry, you can send a donation via check to 2950 Colorful Avenue, Longmont, Colorado, 80504, or donate online at besetfreeradio.com. 